Everyone was crowding up on deck, preparing to disembark from the ship that had brought them from England to Halifax in Canada. Over the days and weeks of their voyage, Julie Miller had met and talked to several of the children who had, like her, been sent out by the British government to Canada to protect them from the war that was raging in Europe. Julie had been informed by the woman in charge of the evacuation. Her father had been killed in France. Her mother was ill, dying in a hospice, and her grandparents were long dead. Still only 15, she had no one who was prepared to give her a home, and so she had been sent to a new country for a new life. No one had asked her how she felt about this. It was just presented to her as a fact, and so Julie felt that no one cared whether she wanted to go or not. Crying did no good, even though at times she felt close to despair. But she'd found some comfort in caring for the younger children. Julie had been sent to an orphanage after her father's death, when her mother, who had suffered from diabetes for years, overcome with grief and often unable to afford her medication, fell into a coma one day. She had been taken away to hospital before Julie got home from school, so mother and daughter never even had the chance to say goodbye. Rebellious, and not truly understanding why she'd been banished from her home, Julie had run away from the orphanage and gone back to the grimy streets of London, hoping to find her mother, only to discover that the house she had lived in all her life had been taken over by a stranger, and her mother was dying. So Martha Cole, a neighbour who had been kind to Julie in the past, had told her. Martha had gone to the council for help, and they'd said the best thing was to send Julie to Canada through the government's evacuee scheme because she couldn't run home from there. Please let me live here with you, Julie had begged Martha. I'll be good. I won't cause you any trouble, she promised, her eyes filled with tears. Dad wanted me to stay on at school and get a good job, but I'll leave and go to work in the biscuit factory and then I'll look after you. For a moment she'd seen hesitation in Martha's face, but then she'd shaken her head. I'm sorry, Julie. I'm old. Your mother is beyond help. And I'm not sure this country will survive this war. We suffered too much in the last one. Go to Canada, girl, and make the most of the opportunities there. I'm told it's the best for you. And believe me, if they'd have me, I'd come too. She'd given the girl a printed paper, outlining all the benefits she would get from being evacuated, but Julie had thrust it aside. She didn't want to be sent to a place where she wouldn't know anyone. It wasn't fair, and it wasn't right. In vain, Julie had pleaded to be allowed to stay, clinging to the hand of the only woman who had shown her kindness since her mother took ill. But Martha couldn't keep her, and so a man from the council had escorted her to the collection centre and left her there. Julie had held back her tears then, and she wouldn't cry now, even though inside she was shaking. This new world, this big country that Martha had said was so wonderful, looked strange and alien with its crowded waterfront the buildings so tall and imposing and different to the smoky familiarity of London, and she was afraid of what her new life would be like. 
Would the people who claimed her be kind or uncaring? Life at the orphanage had been difficult, the guardians harsh, the rules strict. All Julie wanted was to have her father put his strong arms around her and hear his deep laugh. But she knew that would never happen again.